0: I can even hear it in my deaf ear. It's
1: crazy. Oh.
0: I'm, st- I'm still hearing it.
2: <laughs> oh, that'll wake you up. Good and solid. If the coffee didn't do it. Then that did it. Uh, sorry, Chris. Sorry, sorry. We didn't mean to bombard you without uh uh false settings. The there. the <laughs> control song.
3: works well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was like the heavy metal distorted version. Okay. Um. Well, here we are, and we've got another face, another block on the screen so mm-hmm. if you're watching it's this better with four
0: it does look better with four it
2: does look better with four will you stay with us forever chris stay with us <laughs> oh, <laughs> i think already you can hang on it us. has
0: to go through the initiation right
2: oh that's true Indeed. that's true um all right so so we've um we uh are just doing our usual thing and then we started talking about Heiser, and you guys know the story and uh all of a sudden i get an email from chris is it omaha bible baptist is that right bible baptist Baptist, Omaha Bible Obama Church, Baptist, but yeah, Bible Church. Baptist,
3: London okay, yeah. Baptist. Yeah, I
2: know you yeah. guys have got a Baptist thing going on. So, you know, I just like to call we'll everybody. Keep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep the Bible in there. Keep the Bible in there. Omaha, and that's Pat abendroth and uh all the guys, and you know, the listeners might know Pactum. And guys. um, I will hear a little bit more about Chris in a second, but yeah, so he sends me an email, and uh, we were just chatting about Heiser, and we got ourselves into those deep hyzer waters, uh, when whenever that was uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, and um and uh have uh you know been uh, we, I, don't know, I don't know how to describe it like uh, 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 was it a life raft that you threw for us chris maybe maybe it was like a maybe it was like a you know, hey, he take was having this. pity upon
1: us these uh <laughs> these poor benighted podcasters, <laughs> exactly. absolutely nothing and he just quickly he gave, us a, me glimpse. Glimpse. He gave <laughs> yeah. us a glimpse of the glory he was of like the, let me know.
2: just let me get in on this before you make complete <laughs> idiots of yourself and i was like okay so wait, that sounds <laughs> good right but yeah he just started talking about all this stuff that showed me he was tracking with the stuff we normally talk about you know all the clan and mm-hmm. goodness uh yeah. but <laughs> also it's all the is into all the stuff that Nick's into the classical theology and all the yeah, yeah. stuff that, that like, Andre is yeah. into, which is kind of that, uh, you know, that Tolkien esque piece. And then, uh, the stuff that I'm into with the Kleinian stuff and Heiser just to bond it all together. And I, I mean, I got this glorious email and nearly started weeping toward the end of it. It was, uh, it was amazing. It was yeah. just bringing all these things together. So many little angles I hadn't thought about. And so I thought, Oh my goodness, this guy has to come up and, and, and talk uh, to us about this. So that's what we're doing. And, uh, and uh that's where we are so chris without any further ado man just tell us a little bit about your story who you are what the heck sure. what the heck even oh it's oh boy
3: see this could be a 10-part series if we do this well i let's like go this Klein is... and c.s lewis and uh, I, know, know, Klein I know and um, wow. it's a awesome. training center <laughs> um yeah so let's see i as i was uh, talking to michael just a little bit ago um my family came to omaha bible church as a church plant in 92 so i've been part of it for a very long time um pat and i pastor pat and i got to know each other back then uh we both went off to school he went to master's seminary i went to master's college uh 2004 i actually made it through seminary as well um and pastor pat had come on in 1998 i'll probably switch to pat since he's my brother, but we try to be respectful <laughs> in front of the church body hey. for sure. So I slip <laughs> into that verbiage. Well, in New but, Zealand, no um, one calls
2: anyone pastor anything. So, yeah, you know, yes, I, yes, it's yes. kind I of There you, of, you know. go. Yeah. So,
3: 2004 came on, associate pastor. Uh, I've been, I'm reaching my 20th year here uh, in 2024. So, uh, my, my ministry pretty much right away was a training center. Um, we were, had the great opportunity in 2010. Actually, there were some things that happened at the seminary that uh, triggered for us uh, a movement into reform theology. They were uh, one of the professors was denying the active of obedience of Christ. Um, so an intern and myself went out to interview uh, that gentleman, and we we saw what what seemed to be a denial of justification, uh, denying the forensic aspects. Uh, it's purely passive forgiveness. Uh, so that that alarmed us, and that sent us on the journey uh, of studying well John Flavel to understand covenant theology from Isaiah, because you see we're biblicists, right? So I've got to have a, a text. Well, he gave me a text, uh, John Owen. I mean, uh, Herman Bavinck. I mean, on and on we go, and I we had to we had that at the seminary going on, and we needed to, to differentiate ourselves to figure out who we were. Um, John MacArthur had taught active obedience of Christ, he had taught imputation of Christ's righteousness, so mm. we had that, but the question was what was our foundation, and it really led us into uh, active obedience of Christ, justification, imputation, and forensic aspects, but then of course you go then what's that related to with the law, well the law is more than mosaic, it's universal, it's uh, a reflection of God's character, um, and then, well, what's that connected to, uh, well, covenant theology, covenant works, covenant redemption, covenant grace. And then Klein comes along because 2010, I've exposed the glory cloud. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out how to teach these men in a five-year program. So I'm trying to get around stuff, uh, trying to understand federal vision, um, all that's going on there. Klein was so helpful, um, w- with that process. So I cranked through his kingdom prologue image of the spirit, Armageddon. I mean, you name it. Then somewhere along the line, you guys get interviewed, at least Michael did. And so we're were like, oh, there's someone like us. (laughs) (laughs) um, Um. So that's pretty much uh, the journey. Um, We had, I'd say, five men that have left that training center uh, that went to Westminster, California. Uh, Four of them, I think, went through there and another one went through Philadelphia. But he said... When he was doing his ordination after he graduated from Westminster, Philadelphia, he said, I wasn't taught systematic theology, but he had passed with flying colors and ordination. He said it was because of OBC's training center. We had taken him through Burkhoff and Bavik. Wow. And so he was grounded, not through Philadelphia, but through the church.
2: He'd, Good. The,
3: the irony is he had come out of a Presbyterian uh, background and he oh. was asking us to teach him Burkhoff <laughs>
1: Man, so, that's incredible. Yeah.
3: That's that's the journey in a nutshell. So I
1: love like third it, man. world third world missionaries reaching first world countries. That whole reversal. <laughs> yeah, the reversal, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I
2: love that story though, because it's kind of like the uh, you know, just the uh theology forged in fire of pastoral ministry and just you know that that's definitely our story you know we're mm-hmm. all just you know maybe maybe nick had a little bit of a sweet run up front i mean he got that sweet little seminar yeah deal. true. i had a, true. i had a, couple he had of a head start to yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he kind of started in the right place but for everyone else you know we've had to work it out we've had to uh Swim back to shore, get out of the rip currents and, you know, just keep, keep going. And and guys like, yeah, as you say, guys like, you know, come along every now and again, like plan and this and that, it just kind of piece it together for you. And I yeah. like these, these beautiful, beautiful uh, nuggets along the way. So um, that's, that's amazing. For Thanks sure. for clearing us in there. And, and um yeah. And obviously it's really good to hear about uh, all the stuff going on at Omaha. And yeah, it's a very similar story. I love the way that, that, that covenant theology has seen, you know, with Baptists, I love it when Covenant theology and Baptists come together, and it's and it's like a good mix, and it's meaningful, and all of that sort of stuff. Right. So I want to talk more about that, but that's going to derail us. Um
4: <laughs> Yeah, it's already
2: starting to derail. So
3: rabbit trails. Already, Available all right. <laughs>
2: um, so let's let's just make sure we at least touch on the thing we're supposed to be talking about sure. before we get completely uh, rabbit yep. trailed and never come back again. Um This whole Heiser deal, right? You you mentioned right. in the the email. That mm-hmm. it all started, it sounded like a pastoral situation that sparked yes. off your interest to begin with. Absolutely. So I'd be super yeah. keen to hear that story.
3: Yeah, and that's worth it. Uh, so we had a, um, a member of the church uh, that, well, he, he was beginning to question Christianity. He had um, been influenced by John Walton, um, particularly. At the time, we would begin to recognize what Peter Enns was doing there at Westminster, Philadelphia. Um, and you start seeing that even the historicity of Adam is being questioned. Um, the, what I was gathering was what, what this was leading to was this idea that the the Bible not only that God not only communicates through uh, the prophets, through Hebrew Greek, what what have you um, but through myths and and so as they were using comparative um, philosophy comparative religions um, the, the conclusion was that, uh, there's a God there, but he's communicating through mythology. So, of course, we need to demythologize. And that was a big thing with um, liberalism, as we were seeing in the mm. 1900s, for sure, mm. um, as machin was dealing with. But to, to see it come into place with so much color. And it, it, you had to deal with it, right? You're thinking through Rahab and Leviathan and um, El and, and Baal, mm. um, this pantheon um, and the Canaanite religions. And mm. you see the Psalms casting God on the, the glory cloud that Baal would have um, ridden upon. And mm. so, or dealing with uh, Rahab or Leviathan, and you're like, well, what is this? Um, is it using, using mythological language? Is there really a, a Job Leviathan um, that is cast as a, a monster of chaos? Uh, Isn't that Earth? just talking about
1: dinosaurs? That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what I Gen- thought. Answers you know? in Genesis? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the dinosaurs
0: in the ark. That's what a Leviathan is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: So uh, he he. You can go see it,
0: can't you? Can't you go see the dinosaurs in the yard? Didn't he build one? <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, I think he did build one.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I thought he <laughs> built one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'd like to go see it. You know, I mean, she, she must be. Pretty awesome seeing velociraptors on it. So did you a... did you uh, see that?
2: Uh, where was it? Uh, uh Did we talk about this with the Van Don thing where he's like uh, he just blew my mind? Sorry, I just gotta quickly throw this in there. Where he's sure. like, I just want you to consider something as I'm reading through the book mm-hmm. here. I want you to consider something. This is speculative, but what if the Nephilim, you know, and the yeah. pure blood thing, kind of, you know, actually yeah. made the dinosaurs like a mixture of like demons and and, uh-huh. and animals yes. and all sorts of things, and actually, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a reason for that is because
3: what we're seeing there is we're, we're playing with pagan religions. And yes. if you just look at the gods of pagan religions there, I mean, think think of even C.S. Lewis's uh, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, the, the wicked creatures that are represented there at the Great Stone, right? Right, right. Um, you have Lilith figures. Um, it's demonic, long-haired figure. Uh, you, you've got uh, centaurs. Uh, you got dryads. Um, Pan himself, right, half man, half goat. So, you're trying to deal with these uh, caricatures that are represented in pagan religions and to graph that together. And when you start uh, working with this idea of intermingling evangelic uh, spiritual beings with human natures, um, it's going to leave you open to importing in paganism in some way. That, that was one of the concerns that I had.
4: Mm, um, mm.
3: But
2: yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, he's like, yeah. he's like, well, oh, that's totally sorts out the dinosaur problem because basically, um, you know, that's why they didn't take any on the ark. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's see, and, and, and it's fascinating. Yeah, like that's the big they, problem that say no <laughs> right. to genetic engineering. Yeah, well, that was it. It was basically like it was like okay, sorted that problem out. No more genetic engineering with demons, sure. and uh, and well, off we go. Yeah, that's the answer for
3: um, also the Canaanites, the genocide right they're they are these yes, giants these did gods so it justifies the yeah wiping them yeah. out
2: yeah yeah exactly all right wait, wait. now reverse questions lots of questions wait wait, wait, wait. no come back to your story. <laughs> so basically so so you know coming back to his story so basically he's you know he's in church so this guy's freaking out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now he's starting to deny the faith essentially because right. you know uh right. you have basically this um Uh, How do you put it? It's just, um, he's starting to get more and more convinced that Christianity or Jewish mythology, Judaism is just mythology in in its uh, certain form, and uh, and so you have to now figure that one out. What a great pastoral question! It's like, Pastor, right? Uh, what about this, you know? And you go, Oh, excuse me for a second, I just need to read, yes, and then you're coming back, right? right. Yes,
3: tell us about God's providence. You're reading Klein already, so you're at least given, (laughs) like, seriously, um, yeah. Yeah, you're given the Mount Zion behind uh, the earthly Jerusalem. And isn't so, that, you're, isn't you're, that so
2: important? Like, that is just, absolutely. if you didn't have that, how would you even deal with that properly? It would be crazy. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: Right. So, at least I was thankful for Heiser in a sense, because what he did is provided, he returned the evangelical world back to treating the supernatural as real. It's yes. a, a realistic supernaturalism. Hmm. Um, and for that, I'm just, I, I'm so thankful. Um, yeah. And certainly the, is, there are some is, things I was uncomfortable with um, as he seemed to be just more uh, positive towards uh, Walton's studies mm. at the same time. I mean, he's saying these angelic magistries are, are real. Yeah. They, they do engage. Is,
0: is Haza cause in the UK, I think Hauser's like, you find pockets of interest in Hauser, but he's not sure. by any means like wholesale embraced, you know, in fact, more people haven't heard of him than have heard of him. So in the states, is Haiza pretty much accepted?
3: He's growing for sure. I think, okay. I think the evangelical world is is recovering uh, a love for the Bible because of mm-hmm. his biblical emphasis. Um, so I'm not sure. The problem with biblicism, and that's uh, yeah, the, a lot of the background of the United States is going to be biblicism um you've got to have your heroes that you turn to i mean you don't have your creeds and confessions right we're we're not going to study the bible with the church Mm. we're against that even if paul Mm. said hey you know keep the pattern the pattern Mm. of sound words right um well we're not going to do that but we need a pattern somewhere so we find these men that we trust and we give our hearts to them to lead us and and we need their interpretation and there were years of episodes you know, provided yes. a lot of helpful resources, I, and he's 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 fair in his treatment of others. Mm. He provides his resources out there for you to look at his uh, background work. Um, yeah, and I've also found yeah. that
2: he. Um, I haven't. I mean, just I've just started reading him, but. Um... Yeah, I've also found that there's sort of these underwhelming conclusions that he comes to. You know, you sort of you feel like, wow, this is going to be big. And you almost feel like he's going to walk straight off a ledge or something. Mm-hmm. And, and he's tackling on these massive issues. And then they're very like, right. yeah, at the end, he's like, so basically, you know, read your Bible and pray is what we're saying. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you're like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. You know, as long as we get there, I'm good. And right, you sort but, of don't but... know if you're being lulled into a false sense of security or if you're, sure. you're kind of, sure. um, you know, actually, he's a good guy. <laughs> so you're trying to figure yeah. it out the whole time
3: right right for sure but we have to be honest i mean he is importing ancient near east uh yeah. as a major uh paradigm and lens uh canaanite yes uh religion to help interpret uh biblical etymology uh he's using second temple judaism um, yes yes you know th- these this i hit that's his default even though he'll say hey the you're not getting the christian what we, we call the great tradition i think mm-hmm. probably Um, but Ursma, I found is probably the one who took that term great tradition, and then uh, Craig Carter was was using that as well, yeah. But he doesn't want that. But we do have a tradition, we are using that tradition. I'd rather go with the family, you know, yeah, the family's uh tradition than I would uh, Jewish mysticism, but totally, totally. It's at least he's he's pretty upfront about that as far as previous confessions, yeah.
1: So, So I mean, Chris, uh, for those who've never heard of Haiza. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know less yeah, than Yeah, I can tell here. from the, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, so recommendation, you know, you're a pastor, you've got guys in your church who mm-hmm. may be interested in the Old Testament. Would you make a recommendation for Heiser? And if you did so, what would be the provisos? You know, what are the warning labels with Heiser?
3: Right. Um, yeah. So you find him, his uh, fingerprints all over the Bible project, um, mm. Tim Mackie, I think, is one of the um, co-writers on, on there and presenters. Uh, I, I enjoy it because of the biblical theology. Um, one thing Heiser has brought to the evangelical community is the unity of Scripture, the Christ-centeredness mm. of it all, mm. um, and how they all there's a tapestry that's all connected to Christ, and it's threaded um, throughout Scripture. So I, I actually love using those Bible projects. I use them for adults as well, mm. but then it's an opportunity for me to, uh, to apply discernment.
4: Hmm. Um,
3: That's one thing that we, not being biblicists, we do believe in uh, natural theology, natural revelation. And uh, one of the articles I had sent with uh, Athenagoras of 177 AD, he was just so helpful because he actually has this view that Heiser has about the Nephilim spirits being demons at the same time, the beginning of his, um, introductory notes. He gives us a very strong classical theism, uh, explains uh, the processions. Um, it's phenomenal. So you you actually have that package, but then he'll talk about how we can draw from Pythagoras, uh, Plato, hmm. uh, because of natural theology. But then he has this wonderful warning. He says, but there's a difference between truth and plausibility. I thought that was just phenomenal hmm. because plausible is not, truth and as you said earlier uh, with van dorn ah, oh, just entertain with me the plausibility well okay yeah uh, you can you can have fantasy all you want and a conjecture yeah. but w- yeah. how do we compare that with the truth i mean the so whole thing I guess is natural, I'm saying, yeah that's just yeah, going to interject so
1: in the whole that, thing, yeah carry, yeah ahead. you carry on
3: well just the, that there is common grace yeah. um and we do believe that yeah. in light of natural yeah. theology yeah. so we can glean some wonderful things yeah. at the yeah, same definitely. time let's use the word of god Let's use biblical theology. Let's use the great tradition uh, to think mm-hmm. through these things.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's I feel exactly. like that's, that's where I was going to go.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got, so you got the common grace thing. Uh, obviously that's yeah. reinforced well by Klein as well. That's giving you some, you got anything reinforced by Klein, you know, giving you a, a good take on it and helping you to assimilate some of that stuff with, without getting lost in the system or, or the context. Uh, And then, you know, there's the law Grace thing that he, the double layer typology, which I think is huge. I've actually noticed a few times Mm -hmm. already. I can only imagine how this gets more and more, but I'd be reading through, I can't remember either Van Dorn or Heiser, must have been Van Dorn actually. So I don't want to equate the two, but, uh, you know, for example, he was saying something like, uh, well, you know, here we are, Noah is identified as this righteous man, you know, and, and what are we going to do with that? Is that really talking about uh, his his righteousness, no, because we're we're saved by grace. So it must be talking about something else. It must be talking about his fusion with demons and blah blah blah. you know, and then off oh, it nice. goes into this thing and and then right. you know he kind of keeps it just from going over the edge and keeps it right. walking in a in a plausible way. but you know for a Kleinian, it's like, dude, you've missed the double layer typology yeah. right there. So you know the whole thing's null and void for me already. So Absolutely. I think at at that level, it's kind of a, you know i I, I, I would I would say, sure, read them but just make sure you're reading it with that basic framework in view, right. which is, you know, it's kind at one level, but really we're just talking about covenant theology at another level. And um,
3: absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. It, there... it is also just
0: a, a bit about the person you're recommending it to, isn't it? Because yeah. like, if, oh, yeah. if you're dealing with someone who's just like, seriously got no supernatural worldview, they're living as a functional atheist. You can risk a little bit of excess to try and push the pendulum back to the middle. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're dealing with someone like fresh out of the Pentecostal mm-hmm. world, who's already um, sort of like, yeah. you know, riding on unicorns and stuff like that, then you, I think you probably want to, want Mahazza is probably not going to be helpful, you know, yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah.
3: yeah, but for sure.
0: I feel like now is like a perfect opportunity to talk about C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: so, I think C.S. Lewis just, actually provides an answer for us. Okay. Uh, as well as understanding uh, sacramentalism. And I think yeah. that's the idea of sacrament, um, Christ's presence or God's presence um, through signs and symbols is really important to this whole issue, how we can resolve some of these tensions. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought of bringing him later. He might want to put a note on that. <laughs> I think one thing, if I could kind of direct it this way, I think he turns things upside down. Um, yeah. What I mean by that is he uses Deuteronomy 32, uh, Psalm 82, Psalm 89, Um, the divine council idea. And I I assume your listeners are aware that the idea is that the sons of God being um, the angelic magistrates, we would use reformed parlance Mm -hmm. to describe it, that they uh, have come down. Uh, They were given Deuteronomy 32 charge over the nations. God took charge over Israel. They were meant to rule. And what they ended up doing um, is they were drawn to the attraction of the daughters of men, Deuteronomy or uh, Genesis 6. Right. And what's fascinating is apparently Azazel, one of the leaders, taught woman um, magic to seduce the sons of God. And so actually the women become the uh, instigators of Mm. the fall. The endemic fall becomes a lower priority. It's kind Mm. of tucked in there. Mm. But the real fall is the sons of God uh, perverting human nature, if you will,
4: Mm.
3: by intermarrying. Um, Had somehow spirit... Uh, human nature angelic bond so that you mm. can even have one-thirds human two-thirds uh, angelic mm. um, so that becomes the catalyst so what's fascinating is for uh, Heiser he uses he he recommends Irenaeus's and you might say David Irenaeus Irenaeus you guys could help me with that but his participation and recapitulation theory of the atonement
4: right uh,
3: which is why you do not have a strong imputation uh, or forensic uh, category it's very transformative it's very um, participatory. So mm. basically, what Christ is doing is reversing, mm. or every mm. episode of Noah, uh, Abraham, it's reversing mm. through participation. Now, what's fascinating? Almost, is, almost
0: Eastern Orthodox. Almost. For
3: sure, for mm. sure, and, and it, it makes sense. Uh, even his Leviticus 16 on the atonement, it's not about guilt; it's about um, sacred space. Um, mm, yes. So his typology works backwards. You know, ours is going to work with voss, right? Seed forward. To maturity yes. in Christ and into the new mm. creation, but his I see is working backwards, and one mm. example of that is when he's dealing with the four women in Christ's genealogy uh, Ruth, Tamar, Bathsheba. Uh, who am I missing there? Uh, um, did I say Ruth? Rahab, right. Rahab. Rahab, I'll yeah. get mm. Leviathan. We can't say Rahab, Rahab is different, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. so somehow those four oh, women is she? are,
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: or, yes, yes, right?
1: Well, the <laughs> <Or> typology is <laughs> getting deeper. <laughs>
3: So these four women are a a reversal, Mm. um, a reverse typology. Uh, He could take the the magic arts and apply them to each of those four women as they dealt with this situation. And Mm. as they're placed in the line of Christ, it's a reversal. So what do we have here is we have a reverse typology. We've got those four women pointing backwards. We're not going forwards. We're going backwards to this Psalm 82, Genesis chapter 6 event. What's fascinating, though, as I looked at that, is he's treating typology then uh very it, it, it's not partaking in that realism you don't have the woman like infused with uh, angelic natures right they're just woman and they're standing as types and pictures uh, what we would mm. rather do going backwards when we mm. talk about typology in the old testament um so i just found that very mm. fascinating yeah it's reverse it's backwards wow.
0: The, the weird thing about haza though and i found this so strange is like when he's dealing with um, the serpent right in the garden
3: <laughs> sure
0: and he's acknowledging like later on yeah the the hasatan yeah. thing and he's and he's yeah. acknowledging full-on like later yeah the new testament full on makes this connection but Absolutely. it's like just refuses to make the connection right, right. and you just think well he's re- he's refusing to read new testament Right. Back into Old Testament. Sounds and very kind of sense of it. So it's, it? he's just like, he just goes in weird directions. It's like, uh-huh. it's like he hates church tradition and it interferes with everything until it absolutely suits yeah. his point, and in which case absolutely. it is evoked. So it's like, yeah. it's just, he's just hasn't got a very clear, yeah. I think, hermeneutic going at well,
3: all. Absolutely. And even when the Second Temple of Judaism is using uh, Satan language, uh, we still can't go with that. And maybe the Book of Enoch is uh, what we should go with. You know, it's, mm. It, it's it's fascinating. Um, mm, yeah,
1: but Can I speak hey, we all
3: to, have presuppositions. <laughs>
1: yeah, let me yeah, let me speak show. to an elephant in the room and maybe a show of hands. Sure. Who believes that the sons of God coming down to the daughters of men is angels copulating with human beings and making half demon babies?
3: So you are asking us well, when our you put it like, like that? Augustine,
0: <laughs> Aquinas, Tertullian. Yes, yeah, uh, so I
1: mean I'm aware of the tradition and I'm yeah. even aware of the uh, are, intertestamental our... uh, view. So sure. I just
0: I don't know why Nick, but I just got the hint of some degree of sort of s- sarcasm or, or dismissal <laughs> yeah. oh, in, oh, in your I, voice
1: I, I, I'm not convinced of that view, which is why I'm struggling <laughs> right. with Pfizer.
2: No way. So that right. was I totally thought that was your view. That's why we're doing all of this. It was kind of like an intervention. <laughs>
4: there you go. I'll be so, the bad guy. It was like Fine. a waste yeah. of
2: time. Oh my god, we could totally move on if I, that's not even your view. Okay, but uh, but I
0: would I would like to posit though hmm. that i think there is a, a is way, definitely way to Andre's marry theory. this yeah. is your view. well here's my come view on. just say, but, it. say okay. it loud say it loud say it proud let
2: come on come on say, it. Come on. say you
0: know- <laughs> it clear come on no,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> you're going um, all the way bro i mean you're you're basically you know you've bought into in. the whole like come come
0: hades thing just,
2: yeah come on totally. yeah. just say it just let everyone know about it It's no point in keeping it a secret anymore
0: I, I do believe in a modified version of the, of the angelic, yeah. you know, sons of God being angelic beings and daughters of men, being human beings. I do believe that. Okay, yeah, so absolutely. like, what
2: kind of modification are
0: we talking? and modification. Well, I think. Or... Okay, so it's just something I've been grappling with, mm-hmm. um, because I only changed my thesis topic like fairly recently. This is all sort of on the front burner for me. guess okay? so, so this is survival. Um, survival sort of stress. sort of a new world, but. um, the, so what I've been grappling with is, is Klein's kind of view, which mm-hmm. or and I'm not I'm not trying to articulate his view exactly here, but a, a version of his view might go something like um that it, it's the, the the kingship view, the kind of mm-hmm. ancient Near Eastern yep. kingship view, but mm-hmm. that there's a, a demonic element to it. There's a demonic mm-hmm. empowerment going on, there, yes. right? Yeah. So the other day, the other day I was reading Bray in his systematic theology, and I was reading right. um his little section on on angels and demons and how he points out that there is no record anywhere in uh, the scriptures of demons kind of taking human form so rather what they do is they will possess another form mm-hmm. right so we we've got yep. that account there so then i'm reading that and i'm thinking now hang on a second because that does present a bit of a problem to the to the kind of angelic thing, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, granted, it is kind of possible because, you know, you've got, you, you do have the possibility of angels taking kind of form and interacting with food and all that kind of stuff um, without a full-blown incarnation. Uh, but is that enough to actually get someone pregnant? I don't know, whatever. But the is it possible, is it possible, or more likely even, that actually the way that these sons of God interacted with daughters of men is through these ancient recent king figures. And so, actually, Klein's view is right. Yes. And also explains why it's not a problem that these demons you know, for the, you know, unprecedented and have no other ability prior or since to take on human well, form. L- let me, let me that interject
1: that. So here's, here's what I learned in the charismatic church with the dispensational slant to answer all of those questions and keep the <laughs> original uh, mythology intact. Okay. So good. basically angels could have sex with women, but, but they don't in, in eternity. So they've got all, all the plumbing that, that we have, but they just don't marry. So that's aside. So then, before and the flood, 22? yeah, before the <laughs> flood, the the angels came down and they they had sex with women and they made little babies. And then at the flood, all those little isn't half scornful. angel, all those little half angel babies died and became disembodied spirits who didn't, mm. couldn't go to heaven or hell. Mm. And mm. now they're looking for bodies, isn't that? So demons, the demons, demons, demons are now disembodied spirits who can inhabit bodies because they're bodyless. Yeah. and so well, that's
0: that does kind of make sense bro. yeah where did that come from
1: th- didn't you know that that's the movie no, well isn't that i'm gonna join the dots bro come on man i mean so, no th- th- no that's not, you that's not,
0: not yeah bro, <laughs> that's no that's like mind-blowing but, okay. <laughs> but right, so, i do just want to point out because i think yeah. we're talking about Heiser, right hmm. but I, I think it is important like the other day i was reading someone like very old school like jacob's It was like you know nineteen fifties or something, and Strasbourg, (laughs) um, dude, in his Old Testament theology, and he was pointing all the stuff out, okay, all of it. So I'm not entirely certain how much of Heiser's stuff is actually novel. Anyway, all he's doing is he's putting it together Mm. into a kind of a system. Yeah, and so but none of none of the insights are like new or or controversial from that point of view. They've mm-hmm. always been part of a valid tradition right. of interpretation. And he's just integrating it into a system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I, I, and I think the system could could use improvement. Um, but the but the basic interpretation, I do think it is important that while we don't want to just accept ancient Near Eastern mythology or Jewish mysticism or whatever. I do think it is important to to note the things that are informing uh, the worldview of the biblical authors as they come into the scriptures so like mm-hmm. when sure. you know so you have to you have to be able to talk about 2 Peter and Jude and what mm-hmm. they are describing and whether or not that does in fact point to references to 1 Enoch And if you look into all that, I mean, my view is that there's definitely some degree of overlap there. So there's, Mm -hmm. um, and, and and that means for me that in order to take the new Testament seriously, I have to then take that view of the old Testament Mm -hmm. seriously. And so I don't want to be dismissive because that Mm -hmm. cuts too close to dismissing new Testament authors for me. Natural Um, theology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I do think there, there are, you know, so what's his name? Um, Southern Baptist guy, uh, I can remember the year of publication. Can't remember his name. Dang it. The <laughs> that a lot of Southern um, Baptists
3: out there, Nick. <laughs>
0: Southern, no, Southern Baptist professor of Old Testament. What's oh, such a good guy as well? And he's done a really cool YouTube video on the Nephilim.
1: Michael Allen? No. All
0: right, come on, anyone, help me, help me. Anyway, anyway, this guy. So yeah. he does like a like a pretty solid. Um, Are you sure any of this uh, happened in real life?
2: Or is this a dream?
0: All I know was there. I saw this face in the mirror I hadn't seen before. handed me <laughs> a weird apple. I ate it, and then now I have all this new information. Anyway, okay, so let's then spit it up. Spit it up. Go. Yeah. Anyway, so this dude, uh, he he provides like a solid. I think a pretty solid accounting for like how you can read to Peter and Jude as not referencing one Enoch and not referencing okay. Um, the angel thing
2: oh now we need to but know his name
0: yeah oh, but this is the thing 2017 that's the year of publication i say that much 2017
2: <laughs> <2017's laughs> all right we'll work with Google. it we'll work with it we'll figure <laughs> it out. That, i mean yeah um, The the
0: um but but the thing is the, uh, the thing is i i still don't find that like as clever as is grammatical as it is it mm-hmm. just doesn't take into account the whole, like, what do you do with all the giants in the Bible? Like, what do you do with every time you come across these 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 giant people in 2 Samuel and babies, the little babies, <laughs> Stuff with the little half baby thing. It's, what's yeah. going on, here, Nick?
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I I I do not subscribe to the traditional view, despite my uh, propensity towards traditionalism. Now, when um, you say traditional view, are you talking about the uh, the the, the, the Aquinas view? Okay, the yeah, yeah. you know. but but you do hold to the
2: reformed traditional view which is the two lineages right
1: the seed or or what what do you hold well that's that's i do i do hold but i like what the client says as well i mean uh, because i think if you if you're looking through the old testament through the lens of antichrist and you see these sons of god and they're adopting the 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 deity king role of the sons of god and they're building these large harems Mm. um you know there's 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 definitely antichrist motif that goes on there but here's Mm. here's here's for me what's what trips me up uh with sort of a, a, a lovely straight line of continuity from the Nephilim or through all the giants, mm. you know, and moving all the way through is when you have the flood. All the Nephilim are wiped off the face of the earth. So when when the, when the, uh, the the spies get into the Promised Land and they say oh, there are giants there, they can't they can't be giants. So basically, what they're doing is they're accrediting these large individuals. They they become the they latch onto a mythology <clears throat> and ascribe it to a physical reality, but there's no connection. So that's but but these giants then go on to represent and and become the personification of of the Antichrist motif. Uh, you know the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent. Um, uh, moving forward from that point, but there's no actual real connection it's, it's right it's they're actually making it up they're they're pretending there are demigods walking on the earth and that's why they have a right to be scared <clears throat> um mm. but it's not true because the flood well, that's a take. it's a theory so so no matter what, what you Ooh. believe about before the flood there can't be a straight line of continuity well, why no yeah, why hi-
0: can't there
1: be a
3: sure heiser would say it could be a local flood for one or it could which have been one. which post- another is another reason as like well heiser. yeah Yeah, (laughs) or yeah, exactly. Or post flood, um, it could have happened again. I think that's where he has a Psalm 82 Mm. concept starting to build. And then it 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 extenuates through the the, uh, Tower of Mabel in Genesis 11. And, uh, and can I just say that that patients.
0: so so I, I I'm happy with the local flood personally. So I've got no I've got no. Oh, let's not do that
3: rabbit trail.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm
0: happy with it. I'm happy with it. I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm just, uh, I'm just. I'm not saying I'm it's definitely saved. the case. I'm just saying I, it's, it's no skill. On my yeah. back if you do. Right. right, but but the go uh, so let's let's take the second of those options that mm-hmm. it happened again. Yep. Um, it could be a third option, whereas the the spirits of these Nephilim are just repossessing people and, and doing the whole thing again. That and it's happening the same way. And that would seem likely if the actual bodies are wiped out by the floods.
1: That's science um, fiction, man. That's that's where Superman Spiderman man come from. Yeah. Come on. No, but no, no, it's not science fiction because de-
0: there are demons, they run the earth and they possess yeah, people. For sure. Like that's, How do we that's, that's it's the, not science fiction. I don't think at all.
2: Yeah.
3: The giants, giantism, whatever what word you want to use.
2: Yeah.
3: That's that's pretty physical. Um mm. even Og, mm. uh the Amorites and I do a good job connecting the Rephaim, the Anakim, um, yeah, King Gog, right? Uh, and his bed and how big he would have been. I mean, probably a foot taller than our tallest NBA players. I mean, we're not talking crazy Greek mm. uh concepts of the Titans mm. um by any means. Although that's anywhere between it, so six
0: sure. and nine foot, isn't it? Isn't it like somewhere yeah, between Yeah, and six of course
3: and Hebrews would have been what three, three foot, three and a half. <laughs> yeah. um, so then they would have been really big, you know. Anyway, I've heard that too.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah.
3: but yeah, we do have to explain uh, even David with Goliath, um, yes. the physicality yeah. of yeah. the giants yeah, as well.
1: I, I don't have a problem with genetic realities going on there, but but because yeah. my my understanding is because of the flood, there's no whatever your view is pre-flood. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's you shouldn't be drawing a straight line, but they do continue to personify an antichrist motif. <clears throat> I, regardless, regardless, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah, I, d- exactly. I, don't, I don't. Yeah. yeah okay. So I think this. So here's here's. <laughs> I'm 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 going to confess my. Maybe it's my, my my dispensational biblicistic roots, but it's That's it's fine. we all have them. But but for me, this is this is this is speculation. This is and it's and, you know and I I do have Natural have them, theology Chris. is always to be read still through the him. lens of scripture. Yeah, and, and we all agree <laughs> with that. We all agree with the controls that any natural theology that we credit out there must be read through the lens of scripture. Yeah, yes. but to me, this doesn't feel like we're reading through the lens of scripture. It feels like mm-hmm. reading through the lens of ancient Near Eastern culture.
0: Sure, that sure. really—that's. I mean, yeah. that would be true of other parts of hazard but it's not true of this. This is just straightforward. They it's say true. they're on Nephilim. Yeah, know? like and if yeah, you're, no you're reading, there. you're reading the accounts of the spies, and you're saying yeah. those guys are literally descendants of the Nephilim. Yeah, but those spies, were you're not choosing
1: like theological giants who had this incredible yeah. insight. They were fearful men looking for excuses.
0: Yeah, but also, yeah, fine, but you are you are just choosing to interpret one part of scripture literally at the expense of another.
1: No, no, I don't take I mean, the sons of God as real as real angels sticking with men either so
0: oh so what are you even said, talking about so
1: i said no matter what you've used pre-flood there can't be a line continuity i, Unless I disagree the with the pre-flood yeah. scenario as well so
3: all i know is a great tradition that the church family has all these strands yes, in it granted so you yeah. have to acknowledge yeah. that and, and, yeah. and i and i
1: will yeah. i will i will be the black sheep and i'll say i love my church family but i don't mm-hmm. go with them on this um sure
2: yeah it's not the priority the of the gospel <laughs> issue <Yeah. laughs>
1: exactly
2: so yeah. uh, one of the things that like apparently isn't that option you might like this one nick um it's like okay fine might be a local flood but what might have happened is like one of the guys one of the nephilim hung on to the ark the whole time you know and just kind yeah, of that, you know, that, that no, just haven't you seen the movie through. haven't you seen the movie no he got
1: well you know reading oh, that, reading was, that Gilgamesh. Well,
2: yeah, <laughs> it was it was kind of, Gilgamesh. he made it through i know totally it was all coming together i was like oh that's what they were doing with that movie okay because i had no idea what happened with that no i'd say
0: i'm re i'm re-watching the movie now Oh really? And and yeah, just to see what I and it's still it's still obviously like ridiculously skewed Ridiculous. the whole thing, yeah. but <laughs> but I, it like you say it does um, it does make sense of what they were at least trying yeah. to portray in certain yeah. scenes, like I do actually think like going back to the watches, because I'm assuming we've all seen the movie Noah. And the and the watchers are these like you know giant stony the, creatures, yes,
1: the golems, yeah. The, and they are they the are fiery angels them. hit the dirt so hard that basically glass and stone turned to lava around well, them. I thought them it was. I it actually thought it
0: was quite a poignant metaphor though, because <laughs> they were fallen and now they are encased in the earth, and and the description of these beings as being in the earth or eating the earth and that kind of thing. And so, assuming that all that was was. It was a Hollywood portrayal of a metaphor of what was in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the myths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually think that that was quite a beautiful a mm-hmm. beautiful way to portray it. But, nice. you know, I think, nice. Um,
1: I think also something that threw me off was uh, back in, uh, we homeschooled our boys and uh, I went looking around for, you know, good books for my boys to read. And you found they're Answers big, in Genesis. No, they're good science fiction and fantasy fans. And so am I. So we I, have I a regular sorts of stuff. Answers in Genesis burning ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, there was this Chris- Christian author. I don't even know if he's really Christian.
4: Mm-hmm. And he
1: took the uh, the Nephilim sort of mythology and he massively developed it into these this pantheon of gods who were sodomizing each other oh, and like like whoa, my kids can't. And I gave them the first book and i had to like delete it from their Kindles and <laughs> and it's yeah. is in
2: Genesis. There we go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought Klein was quite helpful.
2: Yeah, totally yeah. for sure. Um, okay. Good. So there is um uh, just quickly while we're just uh while we're playing around with the wacky stuff, uh, what is the deal, uh Chris, with, with Heise's fringe pop 321 thing? I haven't seen that at all. What is that?
3: Sure, it's quite a series of videos. It, it's fascinating. Uh he'll entertain. Um, oh boy, I don't even know where to start with that one. So let's say someone makes a claim of ancient alien civilization, they find it in Egypt, it's pyramid-like. Uh they must have You've been here thousands of years ago, taught mankind, technology, whatever. He'll actually break it down in 15, 20 minutes and then look at the facts and Mm. then um, say, well, it wouldn't be that. Okay, Um, okay. So, I mean, it's just fascinating. But he'll have guys on who will do, oh, this is just weird. Um, They'll look at uh, witchcraft. They'll do a four-part series on witches, Mm. um, uh, looking at kind of classical um, literature on it. Look at the biblical. They'll do werewolves. They'll do zombies. I mean, right, right. <laughs> it, it is very fascinating. Some who have come bitch. out of the New Age movement yeah. that were exposed to spirit guides and then uh, came to trust Christ, mm. the name above all names. And, and so they're, they're just giving testimony of their experience. One was mm. a rock and roller who was led by a demon. I mean, we're going uh, to say mm. to write uh, music mm-hmm. and he would channel it and he found freedom in Christ so a lot of those guys actually were just turned off by the new age uh, movement mm. period and a warning against it um okay. it might even be like be, uh, movies if you watch these movies then you're putting yourself in a position where you could um be uh, enslaved or affected by demons so you find that real extreme mm. um, from from their testimonies but it's still fascinating so yeah. i i really appreciate
2: it <laughs> and so he there. handles that well usually
3: I think I think uh, for the most part. I mean, we have to give our biblical parameters, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. we're
3: trying to do. So take yeah. all that. Yeah. And bring controls to it, and then it's fascinating.
2: Yeah.
0: So I, I I watched this one on on um aliens and demons. Uh huh. There was a like a, a Logos produced thing on okay. on aliens. So what, and what does and this? Take demons. Sure,
3: Logos got behind it? Yeah.
0: Well, I, again, it, it like it say so typical Heiser like super sensational setup. Yes. You know. And then like but really, what endings. he's saying yeah. is that. Um, underwhelming end. Yeah, it, it was a bit underwhelming. He's basically saying what any yeah. uh, what most standard uh, Christian responses would be. Absolutely, most of it is nonsense. Yep. <laughs> nice. Some of it comes cuts very close to the demonic, and maybe references to the uh, to the demonic, but it's definitely not aliens. That's that's basically that's sure. basically his take. On it, awesome. You know, and yeah. and it, and it was it was great though. It was very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Basically. By the way, I discovered the name of that scholar is Gentry. Oh, come ah, on, sure. Got
2: it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Excellent. What did Jennifer do again? I forgot the whole thing. He did what? <laughs>
0: he he has um he has a paper published in twenty seventeen which is all about uh the use of the Jewish tradition oh, okay. in yes. um, two So Check that out.
4: Cool.
2: Now, now they...
1: Chris, I, I was fascinated yeah. by something you put in your email. Yeah. Um, where you said um when Heiser says the idea of a sacred space reset and then uses loyal faithfulness obedience as faith, yeah. I can't help but see Baxter seeing the new covenant as an Adamic reset. Mm. Evangelical obedience based on grace. And I'll tell you what, I mean, that, that pinged for me. And this is, this is the background. I've got a a pastor friend who's had some trouble with uh, a Doug Wilson fan. Mm -hmm. Who's also likes Heiser. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, originally in my mind, those two things weren't connected. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: but I know that friend.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now you see. And so, how... um, so but but seeing that comment of yours, I was intrigued. Yep. And I'd love if you if it's possible, if you could expand on that, I'd be
3: Yeah. And then I, I've got to talk through uh sacraments in the light of my answer to that. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Do it.
1: Um, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But this is the priority. And I sent uh, three episodes um over. I probably is it worth me referring to them. So we had the um naked. Bible podcast is a podcast on Leviticus 16, where it's downplays guilt, upplays divine space. You've got yeah. loving loyalty and believing loyalty, episode 350. You've got saved by grace or judged according to works, episode 394. And then the big one that really set me off uh, with Romans 1 through 3, Paul's Use of the Old Testament series, episode 419. It's an interview uh, with, with Matt Halstead. And in it, I was seeing, I mean, it just I I could see an affinity to a uh, new perspective of Paul. It made sense though. It's participatory. It's community based. It, basically, the church is replacing the sons of God in the divine council and assembly. Um, so, hmm. as far as reset, um, he brought that up in Leviticus 16, the temple tabernacle, promised land. It's a reset, and I think and I'm trying to I'm reading a little bit into it, but what he means by a reset is going back to the garden. Mm. But then I start thinking through how he's applying, he's got to deal with works, text, mm. faithfulness, obedience, yeah. love loyalty, and covenants. And that's important mm. because covenantal loyalty is all over Scripture. Yes. Where do you put that? Yeah. And yeah, you know, oh, I could say, well, he's influenced by um, Bart, uh, um, this idea of uh, a grace, um, not being a, a covenant of works principle, but a gracious covenant. But then mm. we start what we start doing is reading, works into it. So then we've got to make it uh, doable. And that's where I thought of Richard Baxter, his idea as I was reading doing some work on him for a research paper for Dr. Fesco, which ended up being way longer than he'd asked for, but he was so kind and gracious. <laughs> but it, it, it was this idea Whoa. of the new covenant being a reset of the uh, endemic, It's making it doable yeah. Yeah. Um, because of Christ's work, right? And so we call it evangelical obedience because of his grace. It allows us to to offer um, acceptable works. And we can, and Heiser wants to say, it's not merit. Um, mm. And I'd refer back to the Lee Irons uh, podcast that he did with you guys on that. Mm-mm. I thought it was just phenomenal. Yeah. But um, regardless, you've, you've retooled uh, grace with uh, loyalty, with faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't make sense in the light of the reset. So we're going back to the garden event and we're going to try to have a do-over, but now it's possible because Christ has recapitulated um, that genesis 6 psalm 82 event uh for us
1: yeah uh, we're not so, beyond probation not back under probation yeah exactly yeah.
3: so klein yeah. gives the answer to that right yeah um,
1: exactly yeah, yeah i mean okay that, i mean that was fascinating for me because if you know if yeah. we talk about heiser and put a warning label on him it sort of it reminds you know, this me this is probably bit. one of the key warning labels that there's a neo-nomian yeah well it's dna it's, which is linked to his covenantal uh yeah. just sort of messiness where he, he, he thinks in terms of an Edenic reset that 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 brings yeah. works back into play in a way yeah. that's very unhelpful
3: and covenant theology safeguards yeah exactly it's going to be, a with...
2: yeah, exactly. Go going to be like a, a problem for all biblical theology you know absolutely because they're all going to see the continuity they're all going to see the story getting reset yeah. and the recapitulation all these things but they're not going to have like Jafer. a yeah it's, it's gonna...
3: has as israel actually doing it to get into the the millennial yeah. You know? yeah they, they're the earthly people they don't partake in the benefits of Christ's um resurrection life so they're yeah. they're going to be able to do it yeah God'll, God'll make sure they do it. that's a, <laughs> that's that's a respect
1: yeah totally yeah, yeah. So so yeah when, uh, now, when God rewrites the law upon their hearts it's so they can do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally now now this one's now for real no. <laughs>
2: this is the real one yeah, yeah. um and, and yeah it's it's crazy it's it's just permeates so much I mean Bible project again you mentioned uh you mm-hmm. know I I'm the same. I love I love those videos. Uh, I, I showed them heaps so of them to my kids. <laughs> I know. So how it typically works for us is like, you know, 15 minutes for the video and then about an hour to explain why the video is not quite yeah. right on yeah. this point, but it's just a great little engaging starting point. So it, it's, um and usually even from, you know, just you just want to watch some stuff and just get sparked off and they're just so engaging and so helpful on so many things. So yeah, love, love those. I mean, basically what we're talking here is the whole world of biblical studies and biblical theology without a kind of good shop covenant theology to help you out right and uh you're just right. gonna have to learn to navigate that stuff basically uh you can't just you know Absolutely. you can't just avoid it so um, right so yeah.
3: yeah we even have our categories on participation right we're yes. gonna look at the pactum and we're gonna see uh union with election tied in there we're gonna look at the story as representative on our behalf or the ordo in mm-hmm. which we're united with Christ by faith, uh, the uh, supply of the Holy Spirit. So we have these different categories to prioritize even yep. the, the declarative word, our justification yep. Um, yep. as the foundation for the transformative sanctification. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. make the storyline, the storyline as he has done, and you subject the endemic uh, and Christ to just participatory, mm. uh, you're going to take away that the, mm. the declarative word as the foundation. Yeah.
1: Uh, no forensic. Yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: mm. totally so now um, I just, I, uh, so to be free.
0: fair to Hazel, though is, is, isn't it just that on that subjecting the the Adamic isn't that just because that isn't really the focus of yeah what he's wanting to outline so it, if you asked him well, to write like a like a mm-hmm. if you had asked him to write just like a, a an explanation of the gospel you know a biblical theology right. of the gospel mm. straight up you know, you, wouldn't you get more of an emphasis on it? It seems to me like he's just emphasizing. Well, I'm just um, looking at his demonic. Well, Christ
3: died for our sins. We have forgiveness through Christ. Yes. But think through his participatory categories. You have the emphasis is pollution. I mean, just think about that. You have angelic uh, daughters of men. There's corruption and pollution. Now, as Herman Bovink, and, you know, I'm just Midwestern boy, so I'm going to say him, Ron. I remember saying that to Craig Carter. He's like, no, it's this. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, anyway, Bavink, Bavink Uh, he <laughs> says that the corruption and pollution is the judgment of guilt. So mm. it's first guilty declaration that God withdraws, if you will, when he's the analogy, his favorable presence, pollution results as a consequence of guilt. I don't think Heiser's formulation of uh, humanity in relation to Adam would be the same mm. um, because he prioritizes um, the, the sacred space. Mm. But yeah, I mean, he would say, Christ died for my sins. Have forgiveness to Christ, and That's he is works.
2: just at least at a popular level, he is kind of you know keeping people from running headlong into some sort of neo-Nomianism. In the sense that I'm uh, just for example thinking about his um Naked Bible podcast, I started right at the beginning, so it's really annoying trying to listen to a podcast from the first episode back to the recent. Is there a way to do that? Is there a little button that you press? Cause I have to, keep, like, going. I have to keep going back. It's like, oh. Don't you dude. reverse
1: the episodes? There's, I don't know. There is a Someone needs to tell me reversed. how to do that. There oh. is right. a, a the way so, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: There is a way? Okay, there is a way. Sweet. Yeah, Anyways, way. Anyways, anyway. So you're so, sitting there going I'm through just, all I'm just, I'm like yeah. scrolling. I'm like, dude, where's the bottom of this thing? It's like taking me like half an hour just to do that every time. But anyway, so I've started doing that and then I have to like guard that little space in the podcast diligently and then make sure it doesn't reset. And then I just have to, you know, press the next episode manually but anyways i'm going through and he starts off with this uh baptism like polemic um uh, on mm-hmm. you know which i was re- really interested in because him being a kind of engineer eastern guy and then klein and his unique kind of take on on baptism with the engineer eastern thing i was like would would they meet at all would they would they speak the same language and they kind of do it's a really really weird thing i, I need to think more about it. we'll do that in another episode but uh, what came through is his critique of the, you know, Heidelberg and the thing and all infant baptism mm-hmm. and so forth. And he's just like, no, that's introducing works into grace. And, you know, so he does mm-hmm. use that yep. language and he, he's quite, you know, militant about safeguarding uh, th- yeah. this grace alone idea. So I think at least, you know, if someone's listening to that with a robust framework, right. you know, already they're not going to be like, you know, thrown into something else immediately. It's not right. like he's coming at it aggressively, like some sort of, I don't know, anti sure. right figure. Or I whatever. think
3: Baxter would do
2: the same thing, though. That's true. That's a good point. And I think uh, there's the touche right there. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: exactly. And that's the where shape of their
1: theology is leading in the wrong direction. It gets yeah.
2: dangerous as you, if you don't, if you're not aware of what's going on at the bottom there, it, you can get uh, pulled in. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Good. All right. Now, do you want to say anything more about C.S. Lewis?
3: Well, yeah, because that would tie into. Yes. what I think might be an answer here, what I love about C.S. Lewis, there's so much to talk about there, but I'll try to just grab onto The Great Divorce. I think it's most helpful. Oh, um, for certain, I would say uh, The Last Battle, um, as they're walking through um, from the stable and Lucy's comments, you know, that, uh, the inside seems to be greater than the outside. Yeah, um, yeah. There's the example that's given from C.S. Lewis himself. He's actually given a commentary. He said it's like walking through a house, looking uh, through a mirror that is reflecting the outside world. Mm. So it's this, this, this idea of uh, imaging and substance. And, and C.S. Lewis, I think, picks up on the idea that the heavenly realm is the real substantial. It's the, it's the real realm. This is mm-hmm. the Shadowlands. So we hear that a lot. It's mm. the, the typological um, that is phenomenal for me, especially when I picked up, I've been reading through. So as I am teaching class, I'm doing classical theism, uh, for my Wednesday night program, but then I'm also dropping into Tolkien, Tolkien's works, um, with the Illuminatar, And there's just so much fascinating Mel, Melchor, mm. uh, he's going to play the chord. Melchor is going to do the discord. And then the redemptive line is to bring harmony. It's, it's phenomenal. And C.S. Mm. Lewis and his magician's nephew picks up on these same themes. Um, But so I've been reading through the Ransom uh, trilogy and with a commentary alongside of that. And one comment that was just foundational for me is the idea that when, when Christ walked through the walls, the disciples... Uh, thought he was a ghost. and He said he was not a ghost. And the commentary on that in light of C.S. Lewis's uh, writings, including the, the Great Divorce, is Christ's body, his glorified, his resurrected body, we should say, he hadn't ascended into glory yet. His resurrected body is the substance. It's the reality. Mm. The wall is the ghost.
2: Nice.
3: Um, and I thought it's, it's so true as we think through even us walking through fog or through water. That's yeah. the real substance. And we think often of the heavenly as ethereal or spiritual. It's just my idea, i we're saying spiritual, as Klein said, it's the work of the spirit, mm. right? In these different domains, the heavenly domain, earthly domain, uh, and salvation, regeneration, and so forth. It is the work of the spirit. Mm. But that brought, um, it connected a lot of dots for me. So I started thinking through, well, over the years, um, I've... We've always been hesitant, right, of uh, sacraments. Um, we don't like sacerdotalism. Mm. We, don't, we don't want uh, earthly properties uh, and, and the heavenly properties transferred where one becomes the other. But in the sacrament, as Luther said, there is a principle of a covenantal bond. He, he didn't say that, but what do you say? on with and around it. Um, and I think um, R. Scott Clark uses that a lot to describe sacraments. Mm. But Benjamin Keech, um, his Gold Refined, talks about baptism as a sacrament. Uh, The Heidelberg 65 talks about the sacrament. It's this idea idea of a sacred mystery, Mm. uh, which we just mean spiritual. There's something Mm. sacred in this spiritual um, bond between the sign um, and the thing signified. Mm. Right. So in light of what you guys have just said, too, about um, the angelic, I'm trying to read the New Testament in light of the Old Testament, in light of types and and, uh, the antitype. And what we have, particularly in 1 Corinthians 10, is Christ is said to be the rock. And when Israel drank from him, in unbelief, no doubt, they actually drank judgment to themselves. And uh, we, we heard that great glory cloud episode on baptism. It's both um, blessing concept, but also judgment concept. Well, that really opened up First Corinthians 10, this idea of sacrament in which Christ is, is present um, with, with the thing that is signifying his presence. So then a partaking of the water Um, by unbelief, they're rejecting Christ. And then the true believer is receiving Christ by faith as they're grabbing onto Christ. But there is a tie-in with that uh, external externality of of, um, the rock and the water there. Uh, We could talk about the Lord's Supper that way in baptism. But now think with me just for a moment, if you take that idea and you read backwards, and we know Justin Martyr, for instance, concedes that uh, the sons of God intermarried with the daughters of men. Um, and he he would argue that, at least as I've seen it and probably some of the readings from Heiser too, where that I collected this, but this idea that one, all the demons can do is to corrupt. They can they can only re-image. Um, I thought that fascinating with the uh, plagues, right? They're only able to re-image the blood event, the frogs event. They're not a- actually able to overcome, they can only corrupt an image. So we've got the imaging principle, and Justin Martyr would also concede that God, though, is seeding. Um a principle of truth in, in, in these religions, if you mm. will, mm. Uh, preparing the way for the gospel. Tarnak in his work on the attributes of God does an amazing job. Just looking at, at that aspect. Mm. Um, and you can see similarities. I, I mentioned Odin offering his life on a cosmic tree. Um, there are amazing similarities that you see that implanted mm. that Justin may be getting at. Mm. Um, so all that to say, we've got the principle of uh, false imaging, corrupting, We've got the principle of the substance standing behind the, the uh, signification, uh, the sign, the symbol. So my proposal is that, um, and I'm going to borrow a little bit from Klein and Heiser on this, that they would hold that standing behind Mount Bashan is uh, an an evil mountain um, representing evil and standing behind the earthly Jerusalem is the heavenly Jerusalem. And, And we're not saying they're fake. We're saying that they're, they're substantial. They're, There's a a heavenly reality of Mount Zion standing behind the earthly Jerusalem as the Mm -hmm. greater David standing behind the the earthly David.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, So uh, what else would he, he uh, Heiser, would talk about um, in his typology? Oh, for instance, in Craig Carter, in his book on God and the Great Tradition, Mm. he, he draws from Heiser where these idols were made in the image of this demonic power or the sons of God, if you have Heiser's understanding Mm -hmm. and then they would do a ceremonial a sacramental uh covenantal i'm going to add that uh ceremony in channeling that angelic being using reform parlance Mm. uh to unite with the idols that they could speak through it but still you have this idea of a higher power standing behind this this image Mm. so my proposal as i've been thinking through this is can we talk about reading in the temple prostitution that went on, which was an engagement with the gods through, uh, spiritual, sexual worship. Mm. Can we talk about, and I think Nick, you might've touched on this, but can we, can we refer to these, uh, demonic powers, uh, angelic magistries, if you will, in in a sacramental ceremonial bond with men or Kings,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, in this way and having a sexual relationship so that they are possessed, if you will. Yeah. Um, um, or at least, at least maybe there's a freedom, um, but at the same time there's still a sacramental bond.
4: Yeah. Now we throw on the
3: genetic aspect. Yeah. 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 Um, they couldn't select <laughs> yeah. uh, giantist characteristics. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can do it. Can they? Yeah. Can they not do that? Uh, yeah. But again, that's that's our speculation. That's plausibility. Mm. Um, actually, in the facade. So I, I read his fantasy because in this fantasy, Heiser's fantasy, he's actually giving an idea of plausibility without trying to say, we got to state this. And he has this idea that in the end times um, through the leading of demons or what have you uh, men will create these genetic aliens that will deceive men. Um, He never got to to part three, which I'd be fascinated to hear, Mm -hmm. but it's this, but it's still this idea of these sons of God, these uh, angelic magistries, these demon powers standing behind And so I'm just trying to say, if we can say that, then can we not guard against an intermixture of the human nature and angelic nature and talk about uh, ceremonial bond? Mm. Now, Heiser says, well, if the incarnation can happen, then why can't this? Wait a minute here, we're Calvinists here. The extra Calvinisticum, what we're saying is the hypostatic union. It's not a mixture. We're trying to preserve Chalcedon, right? It's not a mixture of the divine nature and the human nature. It's not a commingling, but rather the human nature Is taken up in person with the son of God, as as Burkhoff would say. Um, The books on word made flesh are very helpful here. Mm. It is not even apples to apples in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Mm. But for that matter, why would I want to draw the incarnation into a pattern then for how the human nature um, and the angelic natures could intermingle and create some kind of corruption? And Mm. then import, of course, paganism. Half yeah. man, half, half God, one third, two thirds. So for me, the, the sacramental, we're saying it's a false sacrament, though, right? But we're still, we're saying that yes. these fallen angels, they, they only know how to corrupt and to re-image. Um, it, it was fascinating. As I was kind of thinking through sacraments, um, the Moon Knight came out from Disney and I thought, well, this is fascinating because you have this sacramental, ceremonial relationship in which these gods, right,
2: right,
3: Anashu like, sure, or whatever, and that, yes. and they're fighting behind the scenes as their avatars. Yes. And sometimes the Marcus figure is possessed, meaning yes. he, doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. At other times, he has freedom, but it's this ceremonial, sacramental bond in which you see the, the angelic beings. Fighting behind hmm. the, the human beings. Hmm. And as I was thinking through John Curd's work on <clears throat> against the gods, saying, you know, arguing for a polemical um, use of Rahab and uh, Rahab and Leviathan and so forth. Hmm. Um, that is the God is saying he's the one in charge um, of everything. And then thinking through John Oswald's book on Bible among myths, amid myths, it's it's fascinating. But he's gonna argue that the ancients thought of the gods fighting um as representatives of the nations as the nations fought with one another that book is actually phenomenal in saying that that judaism was very unique it's monotheism is very unique
4: mm. um mm.
3: but anyway that, that's my, that's my proposal but again yeah, it's plausibility
2: like it. so have you uh, have you written anything down about this uh is is there anything uh, no, that no, people just can in a read a little notebook i mean besides my email you know like <laughs> i feel like i've got yeah, the only <laughs> yeah Oh man, no? no, just in my little notebook, handwritten. Well, you gotta write it down, brother, so we can read this. Um, so you're yeah, doing that's true, uh, are you doing I'm doing the um,
3: doctoral work, right?
2: Yeah, you are you are doing uh you're at RTS now, is that right?
3: Yes, that's correct. Um, fourth class coming up. It's very slow, it's turtle pace.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, All right. I had to so... do
3: something during COVID, so I thought, wow, why not?
2: <laughs> I know, I know, I'm the same. And it's you like, don't... oh no. <laughs> like one class a year (laughs) man okay well that's that's cool so but but um how can people follow you if they are just wanting to keep in touch and and just you know yeah touch base and find out what you're thinking about this this amazing
3: visit omaha bible church yeah
2: well definitely gotta Uh, do that
3: you Uh, are in october i am i'm coming yeah Yeah.
2: but um you know
3: my wednesday nights class they get it i love to say i write on people's hearts um that's just where my ministry is right now all right um coming out of the dispensational background All Right. well then I we got to, to get you some world.
2: scribes we got to get you you know you're going to be there one of go. those like teachers that don't actually write anything down yep and then uh you yeah. know yeah. Other the people write instance. it down that's well, cool we Calvin
3: can... had that yeah
2: that's true there yeah. we go so turn well, you guys I into scribes and then we'll make many books yep. about this yep
4: And well and
3: the, the, the reformed education was really important to me because i was trying to scrub my background of the the biblicism Um, yes so feeling for the walls i wanted to understand classical theism and um reformed theology and so scott swain has been so helpful and Mm. uh dr fesco yes um Mm. so i was committed to before i start writing um i i wanted to make sure i could trust myself and trust my thinking Um, at least the guys i trained were sending them to westminster california so i knew that the, the westminster california professors could clean them up from all the mistakes (laughs) i (laughs) thought yeah exactly
2: yeah no that's good that's wise that's what everyone should do but sometimes don't yeah um yeah so yeah well it's i mean blessed are those students that you have there man it sounds like uh sounds like a great class and a great time and makes me want to just uh come and join and see what you guys are doing and um but you know we we've touched on like i don't know 300 million gazillion topics uh Mm -hmm. in in this thing this is kind of what we wanted to do so let's just uh keep thinking about it and we'll we'll just come back and as we as we zone in on certain things uh if you're okay with it we'll get you back on and you know we'll plow through some of those sure. you know down the line and and see how yeah. far we get and um i don't know it's it, we're, we're hidden on our you guys anything you got anything else to to throw in the hat before we no uh, it's probably day? good
1: time to yeah yeah, yeah. save uh, it for another one <laughs> and andre's got sure. his latin class as well
2: that we want to make sure to yeah, got to yeah, make sure
0: I to Latin. Got some. Yeah. I've got some bad <laughs> news for you, Mike. Oh no!
2: No, this day I Can knew this day would it? come.
1: Carpe diem.
0: Carpe. Oh, no. Which is why I've got to get some this to write my thesis, Nick. Not to, <laughs> not to do some Latin.
2: But if you keep doing Latin, you could write your thesis in Latin. Ponder with me, if you will, the awesomeness of that.
0: Uh, I'm fun. fully committed to that.
1: It is irrefutable that if you learned Latin, you could write in Latin. You I mean, that. That, it, the That's logic seems like <laughs> a truism <laughs> or anything. But you could, uh, you could, I don't
2: know, you could learn Dutch and then you could write it in Latin and then have it translated into Dutch.
0: <laughs> you, know, you could just do all these things. Okay. I all can, right. could do, it's true. Can, I could do all this. Can I, can, I, can I just give a closing thought? Can okay. I? Closing thought. As 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 you, you I, I, I just I don't know. let's just allow a pause and then Mike can cut it out if he wants to. Okay, okay. Pause. Pause. Proceed.
2: We'll
0: right. Okay. I mean, so here's good. my here's my closing <laughs> thought. All right. Is that i I'm, I find myself getting increasingly frustrated though. At uh, that whenever the discussion about these sorts of things arises, right? Always people are very quick to talk about speculation, talk about how we can't really know anything about this, how there's no you know and therefore there's no point even trying and that it's dangerous even to attempt it right i mean kind of like and my just, uh, little thing after the
1: episode last time
0: well yeah but uh, yes but but look so I obviously i thought so that was result. kind of like what
1: i said earlier about speculation yeah
0: exactly so so this is <laughs> look but no but it's not it's not that saying it once or or whatever it's just that any time this topic comes up the warnings about speculation are are abundant right and i just think any other topic Okay, any other topic, uh, you know, if you were talking about the the, the precise relationship of works and grace and faith in, in justification and sanctification, like you would get to a point where yeah, there, there's a there's a, a whole bunch of differences in the way the church has understood certain passages and the way they've articulated different ideas. You wouldn't rush straight to speculation and say there's no point, right Instead, you would double down, and you would aim for greater precision in your understanding of the scriptures and greater clarity. But I just think it's, I, I, I just think that a, a modern Western church needs to do that rather than just run to speculation say, so on, on the issues to do with the supernatural nature of the world or uh, the spiritual beings and that kind of thing, I, I just don't accept that the fact that there are difficult texts that we have to interpret or the fact that there has been a variety of different views in church history means that we should not attempt greater clarity. That seems to me to be a, um, well, a kind of dangerous road to go down and, and could, if anything, bolster the kind of functional materialism of the modern church. You know, yeah. So I, I guess that's just a concluding thought to actually say, like, yeah. if you do come away and think, wow, this sounds like sapphire or wow, this is, I've never, yeah. I don't know about any of these categories or wow, there's, some, there's a huge amount of variety in, and what do I do with all this? I think respond as you would to any other very important theological topic because I think this is a very important theological topic. So let's double down and go for clarity rather than rather than kind of just dismiss it as speculation that we can
1: never know about.
3: Sure. And yeah. I think just adding to that, yeah.
1: it's, you know, you've got different people at different places. You're a young Christian Mm-hmm. Who uh, is is just grappling with the basics, you know? Maybe feel like he's floundering in this sort of thing. But but for those who are able, and you know, there's a wonderful world of research out there that you can really dig into, and it's 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 faithful to Scripture to dig into ancient Near Eastern resources mm-hmm. and to know the historical context and to know the the mythology that the Bible may be interacting with, and to uh, inform your own reading of the Scriptures because that's that's how we read the Bible better.
3: Yeah, I I think we talked about Heiser and the concern of going into you know taking extreme into mythology the other side i think he was trying to help us with is warning us that the enlightenment really purged the supernatural and made us all naturalists yes Um, and that's dangerous too and at least what he's offering is in a couple of episodes in fringe three two one Fringe pop three two one he he makes mention that with the return of paganism and people influenced by demonic powers the christianity actually has a a solution by explaining um, demonic influences and dangerous ones uh, and offering uh, Christ as the ultimate answer Jesus the name above all names so I think that's the also a balance there and I really appreciate his efforts
2: yeah yeah amen yeah no I agree 100% those are those are great concluding words and and um, and, uh, we'll be talking about this some more uh, no doubt so if you're interested stay tuned and and Send an email, look what happens. You know, you you might be able to contribute. Um, I
3: was hoping you guys could do it with your no awesome, way, uh, you know, your way of saying it New Zealand and South Africa, and the Midwestern, you know, tones just aren't as scholarly. Oh, so, I was no, just gonna give it to you, no. and then you could say it. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the scholarly, <laughs> we would have been uh, like, a, okay,
2: so there is this, uh, there is okay. this thing okay. that. It's he's like a, basically he's a, uh the Canaanite uh, Judaistic way of you know it's kind of got an Edwardsy uh, thing going on. Yeah, it would have been it would have been tedious, yeah. man. I think we just we we did great Fine. things getting fantastic. you on. Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks all for right. joining us, Chris. Have a good and, day. And uh, if you do, and I will put as much detail as Chris will give me about himself on the website, just so you can follow him and, and whatever. Um, shalom to all. Shalom. Oh
1: paper.